you say a prayer with me as we look at, uh, look at the Bible this morning? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we're so grateful that whenever we're gathered together, we know that you're with us. And so we, we acknowledge your presence this morning. We ask that you'd help us to put aside all the things that are going on outside of this room in our lives and listen to what you might have to say to us through the scripture this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we're going to do a little, something a little bit different today where I'm going to invite you in a second to read a text from the book of Titus with me uh, and then talk to your neighbor about it for a few minutes. So it, there's no right answers. It's not a test. You can't get anything wrong. But we want everybody to have the chance to kind of share their opinion. So maybe start scouting out who you, who you want to share your conversation with here in, in a couple of minutes. We've been in a conversation for the last number of weeks on the Bible, asking some questions about how we read the Bible well, um, how to interpret the Bible well, and addressing some of the key questions that we've heard from you all about how the Bible's playing a role in your life or not playing a role in your life. And instead of an additional sermon on that this morning, we thought, let's take some of what we learned and just try it with a text. So that's what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to start by giving you some background to the book of Titus, which is where our text for the day is. You might not all be Titus experts. I'm guessing nobody's a Titus expert. So even if you've never heard of the book of Titus, that's just fine. These are the questions that Stephanie gave you last week in her sermon. They're also on the website at Mill City Church backslash equipping or training, one of those two. So I just went ahead and answered the questions that she suggested you ask whenever you're reading a Bible text. And you can look them up on websites like Bible Hub, .org, or you can look them up on websites like Enter the Bible. Everybody been to that one? EnterTheBible.org. Try that one out. They have a lot of good information there. So uh, Titus, the book of Titus, is a book written in the very last part of the first century, maybe even the beginning of the second century, and was aimed at helping people figure out how to help the new churches lead themselves. How do we do leadership in these brand new churches? Where was this written to? Uh, or where is it in the Bible? It's the 17th book in the New Testament. It's in with a bunch of other T-named books. So if you find the T-names in your New Testament, you're close. Hang around there, you'll find it. But it's a letter that suggests that Titus, the person who's receiving the letter, is on the island of Crete. You can look that up too. There's some maps on those websites. Uh, what, is this, what is this text, Titus? It is a letter. So we talked about the different genres you find in the Bible. Sometimes you find poems. Sometimes you find history. Sometimes you find gospels, its own genre. This one is a, a straight-up letter, like you might write an email to somebody, written to Titus about how to establish leadership in the early church. It's also, in this passage that we're looking at today, is kind of a, a core reminder of what the whole thing is about. What's the main point of what we're trying to do as Christian people? Uh, where do we see God? Who's acting in this text? God, you're going to see very clearly that God is the primary actor in this passage. So I encourage you, I printed out the text for you. It's in front of you in your handout, in your bulletin. If you didn't get one, you can raise your hand and a couple of ushers will bring you a copy. But the reason I printed out the text for you is when you get to this part, I'd encourage you to circle any time where you see God is the primary actor in the text, okay? Just circle any example where you see God acting. And then there's a part of this text that's asking, how do we respond to God's kindness and God's love in our lives? One more set of questions. So um, why is this passage important? How does it connect us to the larger God story? This is an example of a summary passage. Sometimes in the Bible, you'll see things 
Uh, phrases like, this is a trustworthy saying or a trustworthy passage. It means that this is something that the church probably repeated together when they were gathered in order to remind themselves of what the core of the gospel message was, the core of the church's message was. So it gives us a kind of microcosm summary glimpse of the larger church, uh, larger God story. And then finally, so what? This passage reminds us about what God has done for us without our having done anything to deserve it. This is a grace-filled passage. Even though we didn't do anything to deserve God's love, God loved us and saved us anyway. And then we are invited to respond to that love. Just like a child dedication, right? Quinn doesn't have to do anything to earn the love that Quinn is being given by all of us and her family. Uh, She has the opportunity in her life to respond to the love that's being given to her. So those are those questions. We'll post those on the website with the sermon if you want to work through them a little more carefully, and you can use them as an outline when you're reading other texts on your own. In this handout, I have a description for you of what it means to do dwelling in the Word, what is what we call dwelling in the Word. Some of you will be very familiar with it. For others, it will be brand new to you. Here's a short description of dwelling in the Word. Sometimes we treat the Bible like it's an object that we control that we get to decide what it means and what it doesn't mean and how it affects us. And while sometimes it's good to read the Bible that way, it's also very important to read the Bible where the Bible is interpreting you. And it is authoritative. It is the subject of God speaking to you and interpreting your life. And we want to submit ourselves to what the Scriptures say and ask questions about how we should respond to what God is saying to us. And so today we're going to do that by reading this text having a little bit of silence after we've heard the text, and then having a set of questions to ask with each other right here in the room. So instead of having one person articulate what this text means for all of us today, we're going to hear from everyone. And that might be a little intimidating for some of you, but I want to reassure you, there aren't wrong answers. We're just trying to get what you think. What is this text saying to you, and what might it be saying to us? And we'll have a discussion with that together. So I'm going to read this text for you. I'm going to give you a little bit of silence. On the back side of those instructions is the text we're dealing with today. I print it out so you can circle, underline, draw arrows, mark it up, write questions, anything you want. That's what it's for. So feel free to do that with one of the thousand Mill City pens that's no doubt floating around this room, right? If you don't have a pen, look on the floor. There might be one right underneath you. After we've had some silence and you've had a chance to think about uh, this text, we'll, we'll ask these questions. What get, catches your attention in this passage? Is there anything that kind of leaps off the page? Or does this, does this passage raise a question for you? Or um, does it seem like God's really speaking to you or to us as a church in some particular way through this text? You don't have to answer all those questions. You could just scribble down an answer to one of those. After that little bit of silence... You're going to turn to, again, a reasonably friendly-looking stranger that's near you, one, one person, and then just have a couple minutes to say, hey, here's what caught my attention, or here's a question I have, or here's what I think God might be saying. And the other person's job is to listen so well that you could summarize what you heard your partner say to someone else. Okay, We're not going to do that this morning, but you, could, you need to listen well enough so that you could say, Here's what my, my neighbor said was true about this passage for them today. Because we need to develop those listening skills. 
So after you've had a chance to share those, I'll call you back. I'll invite a few of you in the room, not everybody, to just say, hey, here's one thing that we heard from this passage. We'll kind of popcorn around the room, and then I'll, I'll close this part of our service. So let me pray for God to speak to us, um, and then let's listen to this text together. Get your pen ready, and let's see what God has to say through this text. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would um, give all of us ears to hear what you might want to say to us through your, through your word today. We know, God, that each one of us who's following Jesus has the Holy Spirit, and so we trust that you can speak to us through your, through your scripture. Um, God, we pray that uh, if we're nervous about sharing our ideas, that the person listening to us would make us feel very comfortable and very open. Uh, and God, we, we pray that you would help us to hear what you want us to hear and what's true and not what's false. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, here's the text from Titus, who's a disciple of Paul's on the island of Crete, receiving this letter. It says in Titus chapter 3, verse 3, At one time... We too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because they are unprofitable and useless. So let's just have a minute of silence. Think about the questions that are listed on your page there. Scribble down some ideas. Circle things that seem important to you. Circle where you see God acting in the passage. You have about two, three minutes to do that. All right, I want you to look around you, decide who you think the most friendly looking person looks like, and have a conversation with them. Maybe even if you came with somebody, you might mutually agree to venture out, talk to somebody else. All right, I know it's a little bit of a risk, but if you are willing to just shout out one thing that you heard somebody say that you thought was important, Feel free. Let's just do a couple of examples of things that you heard from this text. I'll try to repeat them if I can hear you. There's a lot about eternal life. Yep. Good. We're so foolish we don't always realize that we're foolish. Okay. Over here. Yep. Community with the Trinity. Community with the Trinity is, yeah, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all in this text, aren't they? Yep. Anybody else? I know it's awkward to announce what you heard somebody say in the middle of a whole worship service. Plus, we want, so now somebody over here get ready, so JD has to crisscross. Getting my workout. The bit at the end about uh, foolish controversies could have been written to people today. We got a couple foolish controversies going on, yeah, absolutely. Yep. 
One or two more. Here's Brian. He's not that far away, JD. You still have to go. The kingdom of God broke in despite what we were doing. Yeah, that's good. That's good. How about one more? Right behind you. Oh, The genealogies and how it was in there. And we looked up other versions and it was that same word in there. So Genealogies, what is that? Yeah. Good question. Yeah, usually it means like long lists of family histories and then people arguing about whose ancestor did what or whatever. You never had that at a family gathering, have you? Uh, arguments about genealogies, yeah. We were saying like being heirs of the kingdom of heaven, like being connected with God like a family. Yeah, like right. His son. That we're kind of adopted in and we have, uh, we're inheriting what, what is given to sons and to daughters. Good. Uh, if we had lots more time, we could go around the whole room and have you share with each other uh, in, sm- in larger groups, like six or eight people, and you could share what you heard someone else say. And in a pretty short time, we can use this to hear not only what one person thought about the Bible, but what everybody thought about the Bible. And at Mill City Church, we have a pretty high degree of trust that if we all listen together, we hear better than if we just depend upon the pastors to hear for us. Does that make sense? Now, that means sometimes you hear kind of crazy ideas from the person next to you, and never from the pastors, right? Only from the people next to you. That's a joke. And, um, and, but through the conversation, we sort out and we interpret together and we decide what's the best way to understand a particular part of the Bible for our community at this time. And we're just committed to keep doing this as Mill City Church. It's not something you do and you're done with, that your whole life you're listening to the Bible, you're asking good questions, you're looking for good, solid resources of people who have really thought about it and studied, and also asking uh, contemporary questions about what this means for us right now, what this means for you right now. So let me invite the band to come back up and the communion servers, and let me just give you a 30-second contribution to the conversation from this text. As I think about Mill City and this conversation we've been having about the Bible, there's so much in this text that could help us to remember, A, that we don't always have it right, All of us have made mistakes, and we've come from places where we weren't in line with what God wanted for us. And despite that fact, God breaks in through the person of Jesus Christ to define God's love and God's kindness and God's mercy to us, to invite everybody, no matter where they come from or what they've done, into God's grace and God's love. And out of that experience of receiving God's love, even though we didn't deserve it, then the text is trying to tell us So devote yourselves to doing what's good with your life because you've been loved so well. And don't get caught up in all these crazy arguments that don't help you love other people in the name of Jesus. Focus your life on those things with other people who want to focus their lives on those things. So thank you. We have so enjoyed this series on the Bible. We know we haven't answered all the questions. If you can go back and listen to some of the sermons, that's awesome. If you have more questions you want, answered, please feel free to email Stephanie or I, and we will do our best to help find resources for you. Some, some of you have done that, and we've really loved that. In the first conversation we had about the Bible weeks ago now, we said that Jesus told us that the Bible exists so we can know to come to Jesus and have life. That's the point of it. We're going to have lots of discussions in our lives about what it means and how to interpret it well, but the point of it is to help you have an intimate relationship with Jesus and learn how to live your life out in ways that honor him.
So I hope you go away from this series and receive this blessing today, knowing that that's the point of the Bible. And it can do that for you in your life and for the life of this church. So may you trust Jesus more as you leave today. May the Bible be something that draws you closer to God. May the words leap off the page as God speaks to you and to us as a church. And may we grow in our ability to do the things that God has created us to do in the world that God loves. Amen?